Hello and welcome to Held in Our Hearts Baby Loss Podcast. We are an Edinburgh-based charity providing baby loss counselling and support for bereaved families. We are committed to ensuring that no family has to face their journey of loss alone. And we wanted to create this podcast to reach out and share stories, encouraging greater connection and understanding. Join us on our journey as we speak to a wide variety of guest speakers who have been personally affected by baby loss or who have been moved by it. Hello and welcome to this podcast. Today we are talking to Michael Maguire, who's one of the co-founders of the charity Annam Cara Fasky, based in the Highlands in Scotland. We chat to him about the founding of the charity and also about his journey as a bereaved parent after he lost his precious son Kyle. We also chat to him about big steps for small feet and how his dream became a reality in joining 10 other baby loss charities and climbing Ben Nevis. We ask what keeps him grounded and also what he's grateful for. We also chat to him about his support that he's given to other bereaved dads and how that support given to him was a huge help. We look forward to hearing your story, Michael. So, hi, Michael. How are you today? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Lovely to get the chance to have a chat with you over podcast. Um, So what I'd like you to do is... Tell me a wee bit about you, Michael. Who is Michael Maguire? So I'm just a, I'm, I'm a, a married dad of two from Fort William up in the Highlands. Um, and my eldest son, Kyle, he was still born in 2009. My daughter, Amelie, was born in 2010. Uh, married to Rachel, who you know longer than I've known you. <laughs> and yeah, I've just been on this journey really ever since, trying to raise awareness along the way and make new friends I suppose yeah. and it's it's amazing Michael because the journey you've been on you know you're saying there about Kyle and Amelie you're, you're a dad to two um, a, you've got a son and a daughter and you have got and I know you're saying there Rachel you've got a really wonderful wife as well and you're just an amazing family I'm lucky I'm really lucky for what I've got um, I'm very conscious and aware that some people don't have anything um especially when the worst thing happens. So I always try and take the positives from whatever's going on. And and that's that's lovely to hear that, you know, you're, you're right. As we, when you lose a baby, as we know, you, you come through the absolute devastating time of your life and it's, it's taking something from that and something that you're able to build on, which is not always easy. I'm sure you'll agree. No, absolutely. And... The thing, you know, we're talking there about the, the positives and, um, and I'd say having the privilege of knowing you, Michael, and knowing that you, you are so positive. You know, one of the things that you've done um, in memory of Kyle and is the charity is Anam Kara Fasky. Um, do you want to tell us a bit about that and also your exciting journey? You have to share about the Parliament as well, I think. <laughs> so it kind of came about that. I've always done bits and bobs, like raised awareness, and I think I've ran a marathon, the same one as you, along the way, a couple of them at least. For William and Edinburgh, we did the same one. And Definitely. Basically, 
up in the Highlands, you're kind of isolated. You're not so much mainstream that you can't, or not so much, we'll talk about later, but you, you kind of, there wasn't as much to try and do apart from maybe fundraising events because there's so so much concentrated elsewhere. Um, and it started off really for me, I kind of felt I needed to do more. And it was 2018 when um, England and Wales had passed Martin's Law so you wouldn't have to pay for a funeral. And it struck me purely because when I lost my son, I had to go back to work three days after his funeral because I had bills to pay. I had to pay a roof over my head because I had to pay for his funeral. Um, you've got layer costs, funeral costs, everything else at the time. And because that, I couldn't go anywhere. So it struck me for the last 13 years. I always said, if I could, one thing I could wave a magic wand, it would be you wouldn't pay for a funeral and you get somewhere to go. So when England and Wales adopted the wonderful Martin's Law through Carolyn Harris, the um, MP, it was just a matter of time. I thought Scotland will do the same, but it wasn't happening. It didn't come. So my local MSP, who's a government minister, I spoke to her up here, Kate Forbes. So we spoke to the government and we were we, got, we had a letter back saying they had no plans to adopt it. Um, the health minister wrote to us, really kind, um, really um, nice letter the way it was put, but flatly said it wasn't going to happen. So it kind of wow. triggered me into London. I spoke to Kate, who was wonderful, and I said, well, I'm not accepting that. And she was said, no, there's more we can do. So we started a, a petition through the parliament. It wasn't your change.org. It was you had to get it vetted through the Scottish government, through the parliament. They had to approve it. And then you went from there. So Kate took it on my behalf and fought quite hard, like over the coming weeks that followed. Till eventually one day I got a phone call saying, yeah, they've changed their mind. We're going to release a statement this afternoon. We've done it. So not taken away from Carol, and this was all her work. Like um, all I did was piggyback it to ask the government up here to acknowledge it and fall in line with the rest of the UK, which they eventually did. So for no way, shape or form am I saying that was down to me because it wasn't. And do you know, Michael, when when you say when you said there about you know you went back to work three days after losing Kyle, for for us as bereaved parents, you know the law the law has been passed, and, and you know the worry of the first question. I think as a bereaved parent, one of the things that scare you is you think I'm going to have to bury or cremate my baby, and how am I going to pay for that, and how am I going to cope with that, and for you having to go back to work three days after losing Kyle, it's so incomprehensible, really. Yeah, it was it was difficult because it was it was our first year of marriage as well and you don't kind of I don't know, nobody expects this to happen. Um and then you're kind of thrust into the, the whole world of like having to plan a funeral when reality was in eight weeks time we were planning a arrival. Um and it was I don't know, everything just turned upside down. Um, and you're, you're kind of thrown into this yeah. new existence. And for, for both of you as well, you know, it's your, your firstborn baby, you're looking forward to starting life with your, your new son and you just don't envision that you're going to make that walk from the hospital without without your baby. And, you know, it just feels, you're quite right when you say that, it's like your world is completely turned upside down. It, it, it was. Um, there's no point like pretending otherwise. 
but I did feel when it all happened was I could have gone one or two ways. I could have put myself somewhere I didn't want to be, or I could just say from day one, "Nah, do you know what? I'm not accepting this. That will you get you you get the charge yeah. you're dealt. You can fight back." And it was it stuck in my mind, not just for paying the funeral, but I always said that one day I would I would love to see somewhere opened up where you could go. Um, mm-hmm. Because even the cost of that is quite high. And it was um it was only after the funeral fees were passed in Parliament, I, th- I thought, you know what, why not? So I approached a few good friends, floated the idea, said, what do you think if we look into setting up a charity to purchase somewhere for people to go who have lost a child? And so we thought, you know what, let's go for it. So, so Michael, then, you know, to any bereaved dads who are listening to this podcast today, and we're, we're chatting about climbing Ben Nevis and about having, you know, the caravan in Charlie Bay, what advice would you then offer to another bereaved dad for the future? I think I'd probably say just to remember to make time for yourself too. I think, I don't know, I, I know it's moved on a lot since 13 years for me, but I felt back then that dads were forgotten. I think we were kind of cast aside maybe in some respects or stereotyped that we had to we had to live up to this image of do not cry, do not show emotion, be the strong one, look after everyone else. And it's not that way anymore. Um, I just think for so any other dad out there, just trust yourself, really. If, do what you need to do to get through every hour. You don't have to live up to anything. There's no right or wrong. Just do whatever's necessary. And if you've got a support network around you, lean on them as much as you can, really. There's no shame in that either. And, and, and as we know, you know, dads, they do grieve equally, but they also grieve very differently. I loved what you said there about, you know, there is no shame in asking for help. There's no shame in looking to get support if you need it. One of the best supports I found was people I've never met. Like on, on social media, for example, there's a lot of dads from the Health and Hearts team that I've just become pals with online. Anything, it's just like talking about normal stuff like football or or just you see them popping up laughing at everyday life events. Um, and you kind of just remember that you're, you're still someone. You've still people who understand as well. And you do make some wonderful friendships out of it that obviously you'd wish had never happened for, for obvious reasons. But I like to think if you take a positive outlook on things, some goodness can come from the worst things to happen. Um, kind of gives you hope to keep fighting another day, I suppose. It's so true. It's a club that none of us want to belong to, but leaning on each other for support makes that club strong. Yeah, 100%. So, Michael, taking a positive spin, as it, and you you are really good at that. You're always you always do see the positive. What would you say that you're most grateful for? It's a tough one. No, I'm just, I suppose there could be a hundred <laughs> answers, but I think for me, for me, is getting up every morning and sun. You see the sun coming up because it's a new day that you can do anything. Anything's possible. I know it sounds cliched, but it it really is true because. You might have had a really bad day 24 hours before, but you can overcome it the next day as well. You, you can keep going. Um, you're 
doesn't matter what you're doing, you're, you're, you're making a difference whether you're just battering on every day or you're, you've decided to, I don't know, one of the wonderful runners that you've got for Helen their hearts for your Edinburgh Marathon or you're simply just being a shoulder for your loved one, you're winning. Every time, every day that you're getting up, you're winning and you're living the life that are little, you lose a little one that they obviously couldn't have. So you're doing it for them. And I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for experiencing just new things and meeting some wonderful friends along the way. And you can always, I don't know, as long as there's a glimmer of hope, to me, that's that's, that's all yeah. I need. Um, totally. As it's been, you're right, it's been grateful for each day. And we, we're grateful for you, Michael, for taking the time to share your story with us and taking the time to take part in this podcast today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been an honour as always. Thank you for listening to this podcast today. And we thank you, Michael, for taking the time to share some very personal stories with us. If you have been affected by any of the issues in this podcast today or know anyone else who has, Please contact Held in Our Hearts via our website www.heldinourhearts.org.uk or you can contact us on the phone. Thank you for listening.